everyone, it's Mark. Today's episode is sponsored by Paint Care. Paint Care is the industry's own solution for the problem of post-consumer paint waste. The organization has already collected over 50 million gallons and redirected them from landfills and waterways. Paint Care currently operates in 10 states and the District of Columbia with New York, the 11th state, coming online in May of 2022. Paint Care is both good for the environment and your business. 35% of dealers who sign up to be a Paint Care drop-off location report new customers shopping in their store as a direct result of their participation in Paint Care. To learn more about Paint Care, go to paintcare.org. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today. It's Mark with me today on my episode of the Mark My Words podcast is independent paint retailer, Russell Brasher. I've had Russell on once before. At the time that I had him on previously, he was one of the newest Benjamin Moore retailers in the country. About a year ago, he had just opened up. Russell came to the business through the NEP program. That's the new entrepreneur program that Benjamin Moore uses to try to attract Uh, more independent retailers into the ranks. Since I've had him on last, Russell has opened up a second store. His first store was in uh, Riverside, California. That's outside of the Los Angeles area. And he just opened up a second store in Tukula, California, which is also in the Los Angeles metropolitan area. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with Russ and finding out what that experience was like, how he managed to find labor enough to open up a second store at a, at a time when job applicants are as rare as a gallon of Promark 200, where he found the people to open up a second store and check in with him on, on how that's going. So let's give a listen to Russ and, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks and I hope you enjoy our conversation. So before we check in with Russ, as you know, I record my podcast wearing swag that's sent to me from dealers all around the United States. In this case, right here in New York City, Janovic. Janovic is a really cool story. Before I get to thanking the owner, Rich Gaudino, for sending me this, uh, let me just start with a little bit of their history. Janovic was originally uh, opened in New York City by the Janovic family and and my great-grandfather and grandfather both had relationships with the Janovics. My father knew the Janovics as well. And, and as I came into the business, I became friendly with Adam Janovic, who was the, I guess, the third generation owner at that time. Around the time that the senior Janovics were sort of aging out of the program of being paint dealers, the company was bought by Benjamin Moore some 20 years ago as part of their intention to own their own stores around the United States. At the time that Benjamin Moore bought Janovic, they were one of the largest independent retailers in the country, and they were part of a group of about 200 stores that Benjamin Moore had accumulated. Those were the J.C. Lick stores, the Virginia Paint stores, and I'm sure there were others around the United States. Those have since been divested, and Janovic was purchased Interestingly enough, by a former employee of Benjamin Moore, a guy by the name of Rich Gaudino. And, and if you follow my blog, you'll recall a couple of months ago, I printed a picture of a 1990s Benjamin Moore uh, New York sales meeting and pointed out some of the people in that picture. Rich Gaudino was one of the young faces in that picture. And 
He was part of a group of investors that came in and bought Janovic from Benjamin Moore, you know, I'm going to guess somewhere in the three, four, five year ago range. Two years ago, when I was looking to get out of my business, uh, it was Janovic who was interested at the time in expanding to the Bronx. If you know New York City, five boroughs, all of Janovic's stores were in Manhattan, except for their warehouse in Queens. And they were looking to expand off of the island. And so they bought my two stores. And so there's a real connection between the Lipton family and the Janovic family. And it, it goes way back. It, the connection goes back uh, close to 100 years, nearly the entirety of my family's relationship with paint also had a relationship with the Janovic. So thanks so much to Janovic. Hey, Rich, not just for buying my stores and, and getting me out of the paint business, but for sending me this fabulous shirt and for all the good work that I know that you, you guys are doing in New York City. So thanks very much for sending this to me and continued success. And now let's hear from independent paint dealer, Russ Brasher. So thanks for joining me, everyone, today. Today, I'm here with Russell Brasher of uh, the Paint Garden in Riverside, California. Russ, good morning. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great, Mark. Thanks for having me here. And so thanks for being on. This is your second time on the show. And first time you were on, if I'm not mistaken, you were the newest Benjamin Moore dealer in the country at the time. That's right. Yes. And so why don't you give us a little bit of an update, what it's been like. You had just opened your first store at the time. Why don't you update us on how your business is doing? Yeah, it seems like such a long time ago. It's been about a year and a half, almost a year and a half. So I think we talked maybe in July or August of last year, and we had just opened. I was real excited about having the first store. And uh, since then, we, we launched the store had relative success. It's been right. good. You know, we're not uh, bringing bags of cash to the bank or anything like that, but not yet. Stores, not yet. We can talk about my the future plans when we will be. But um, in the meantime, the business, it's going according to plan. We had a plan to be profitable in like two years. Worst case, maybe almost three years. But we're at the point where we're at break even, roughly break Good even. For you. And so uh, we're not bleeding anymore. And um, that's great. I can, I can sleep better at night. I bet you can. And, and so what's been the biggest positive impact that got you sounds like about six months, uh, maybe a little bit more ahead of profitability schedule? Can you point to any one or two things that might help dealers understand how you did it? No, we had a good plan going in the beginning, and there haven't been any major roadblocks aside from COVID. You know, we dealt with that. We opened uh, the business during a pandemic, and and again, we're not knocking the socks off, but we're surviving. And 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 so I think we have a good staff. If you were hiring originally before what a lot of dealers are dealing with now, as far as shortages, right? So. Uh, yes. You found it easy to fill in the staff originally? Yeah, we hired an outside sales rep even before the store opened. And then the store was delayed because of COVID. And rather than let him go, we just made the best of it and made some sales even without our brick and mortar store and just sort of, sort of tried to lay the groundwork for the business and do the best that we could. And, and it worked. I have experience in the paint business, 30 years. I hired an outside sales rep who had more than a decade of experience in the business. And that combined with having family work for us and friends in the beginning, when you're a small organization, you can, you can handpick a great team. 
I think that gave us a foundation for success. So just having a little know-how, knowing where you're going to buy, what the margin should be, what the products are, rather than being maybe a new entrepreneur, Benjamin Moore dealer who uh, found out about the opportunity at uh, the Entrepreneur Expo or something like that. You know, right. We, right, right. So I think it set us up to maybe have a better chance to launch the business successfully. And so now you guys are are opening up your second store. You're either opening it up now or have opened it. Why don't you update yeah. us on where exactly you're at? We're almost a month open, so it's really excited, uh, exciting news, and, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, about a month open. We opened in Temecula. It's about 30 miles from our first location, so it's going according to plan. And when, during our first meeting, we talked about being able to maximize the efficiency of the business. We we're able to take advantage of some of the things that the efficiencies of having two stores yeah, and things like an outside sales rep can cover two stores. Yep. Our delivery vehicles can Deliveries. cover two stores. Yeah. yeah, that was big in the Bronx. Yeah. Right. And our, we use our van to do a number of things. We have a van and a truck, but we have a bigger van. And now having two stores, we really are able to utilize it better. We can shuttle inventory back and forth. That's right. And make deliveries in the meantime while we're doing that. Yep. Uh, when you're, you know, you take product to another store, then you do their deliveries. Then you go back to the other store and bring product back to that store and you do their deliveries. And it's really a more efficient way of, of getting things done. Um, our inventory, sharing the inventory is a big major thing. When you open a store, you know, you got to buy a case of everything or there's minimums with, deep, with, with the manufacturers and your vendors. And one store just doesn't, adequately supported, especially when you're first opening. So, and particularly, if I'm not mistaken, you have a lot of specialty products, right? We're not, everybody can buy 549-1X, right? You can, exactly. everybody can take a pallet. You don't need to worry about splitting boxes, but uh, you guys have a specialty products offering. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, a lot of paint stores, when they um, are looking to broaden their offering or diversify the business, might offer flooring or they might offer window treatments or wallpaper or something like that. But for me, I'm a coatings guy. I'm a paint guy. So that stuff is kind of a foreign world to me. And I, uh, so rather than do that, we've chosen and, and we're a Benjamin Moore dealer. So we do architectural wall paints as our primary business. Right. So to diversify, what we do is we've gone into wood coatings and cabinets and furniture in a big way. And we've gone into decorative wall finishes, high-end decorative wall finishes. And that's my background. I'm the former director of sales at Modern Masters. And before that- Oh, right. At, now I remember that. a paint that. store that uh, sold to the movie industry. So I really uh, love decorative finishes and uh, doing them myself and selling those products. So, so that's what we offer. We have a five lines of wood finishes, nitrocellulose, water-based, urethanes, all kinds of beautiful fine finishes for furniture and cabinets and things like that. And then wall finishes, textures and metallics and glazes and all those kinds of products. So you're absolutely right. In order to bring all those products in, it's quite an investment. And, and having just one store is really not enough to boost the business forward with all those product lines and without a major investment. And so having the second store, it really helps us. So, And how are you finding the market for those specialty coatings out there? I know that in New York, there are one or two stores uh, that uh, do very well in the city with products like that, but it's, it's not a part of the market that I'm all that familiar with. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to create an awareness in the market that you have those products. Right. You have to let the people who use them know you have them. Right. So that's really it. That's really it. Uh, on the wood finishing side, you have to have the outside sales rep call on the cabinet shops and the contractors who specialize in doing kitchens. And you really have to just, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or your rep or a phone call or something, you just have to reach out to the people that you know use those products. Uh, on the decorative side, there's some design build companies that do work at places like casinos and museums and shopping malls. And they do specialty finishes beyond regular wall paints. So you call right. on those kinds of guys and they do, they do use regular wall paints. And then your specialty stuff's an add on to your sale when you, you, know, you sell them some, some Regal 549 1X and you also sell them some wood finishes and some metallics and some glazes and, and tools and supplies and all that stuff. And are you still dealing, if, as I recall from our first conversation, you had a fair amount of business with the movie sets and uh, I do historically, I, historically I do, but, but our location is removed from LA by about 50 or 60 miles. And that short okay. distance is enough to make it not easy to compete with local stores that are right near the studios. Right. My experience is there, but in our area and in the second stores area, there are some production companies, companies that we call them set shops or design build companies where they do work for commercials or um, they do trade show displays. They do uh, displays for dis uh, stores. Like uh, right now we're working on a project for Dior with this a company where they doing window displays for department stores and that kind of stuff. So wow. um, there's opportunities. It's the scenic world or the design uh, build world, um, theme parks, casinos. There's, there's some big opportunities there. Right. So let's let's talk about that second location. You mentioned that that's uh, more suited to these types of products that you're selling. How did you uh, uh, decide it was a time to get moving with that. I know the last time we had spoken, you said you had a plan in place. It was to develop more than one store. That was your initial plan. So we knew that this was coming, yeah. but in the middle of a pandemic with business sort of tough to gauge uh, 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 how long it's going to be like this for, et cetera. How did you go about the business of deciding it was time to go, selecting a location, et cetera? Part of it was necessity, like we talked about before, having to scale the business to be able to uh, support the cost. And it's not, it's not as easy as the saying that. So we had to stabilize the first store. We had to get it open. We had to make sure it was running as smoothly as possible and developing a little bit of income because it costs money to open a second store as well. And then using Benjamin Moore's program and working with vendors to get some dating on initial orders and then sweating out, uh, paying those bills overnight and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just uh, it's a lot of hard work getting the store open and searching for the right location and negotiating the a deal with the uh, a lot of it is sort of uh, punting, sort of uh, trying to strategically open the location so that your costs, your initial costs don't kill you right out of the gate. Also not biting off more than you can chew because the bills come due down the road. So right. there's a fine balance. So you, we want to get the store open in a, in a quality way and have it be a beautiful, nice store, just like our first one. Um, so we had to wait a little while and now we, we got it and we're moving forward. 
And so I'm curious, I know as an NEP dealer, Benjamin Moore has a program where they cooperate with you financially, as well as uh, through support to opening your first store. Once you're in the program, does that support continue as you open a second store and you know multiple stores after that? Uh, yeah, I had a, I, we had a one store deal and then we uh, amended the agreement shortly after. Actually, initially we were talking about three stores for the purpose of getting the first store, our agreement only had one store in it. We got it done and then immediately started working out the details of a three-store agreement under the NEP program. And that's what we have as a three, a three-store agreement. And so that's where you're at right now. And so that, that, so you're two thirds of the way in, right? And so that sort of answers my next question, which was uh, the experience you've had as a, as a, participant in this NEP program, I was going to ask you thoughts on that, but it sounds to me like you've signed another contract to add some more stores. So you're obviously having a sure. pretty good experience there. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, we opened our first store and then did the agreement. So it's almost been a year since we decided to continue and go forward with three stores. But I'll say this, that without that program, it would have been extremely difficult to get this done. And uh, having the co-op funding and the support and the fact that they already have a template for people to open a new store, whether it's the displays and, or sending you to the different vendors that you need and resources for things like flooring and shelving and that kind of stuff. It, it's helpful. It's really helpful. And the money helps too. Listen, that's a, a, a part of this. It, it costs a lot of money to open up a paint store and some of those expenses as a paint dealer, I never minded paying, right? So if, if I needed to buy an extra truckload of paint, it's my pleasure to write the check. I know I'm going to sell it, right? Same thing with other types of inventory and other things like that. But things like tinting machines and vans and stuff like that, those are uh, assets that just basically depreciate the second you write the check for them as it relates to tinting machines they effectively depreciate 100% the day that they get installed in your stores. And so it's it's handy to have Benjamin Moore supporting some of that. Exactly. You have to have them. You must have and the you can't machines. And you can't live without them. <laughs> right. So I actually give Benjamin Moore a lot of credit on this NEP program. They do recognize, they do a nice job in recognizing that to open up a Benjamin Moore store there's some amount of money involved that in things like equipment and stuff like that, that's really just not a good investment for the dealer. And, and so they offset that with cash. And I give them a lot of credit for doing that. They do. They're material credits. In most cases, there's a... Right. I understand. They're not for, right. But, right. And it's right fine. And I'll tell you, my credit manager is great at Benjamin Moore. I mean, there's times where our bills do, but we know there's a pending credit. And they, so there's an awareness throughout the company that there's a program and that there's... So it, it's easy, it, they make it as easy as possible. I'll say that. Right. And so what else other than the money they have some assets available to them as far as people they can send you to for shelving and stuff like that. But other than the setup of the store, the configuration of the store itself, are they involved in that process of opening up a second store at all? Or are they helping you identify people for management positions or anything like that? Really? Not really in terms of staff, although they do have uh, incentives to get an outside sales rep. You know, there's, um, there's, there, there are monies if you want to expand your outside sales presence. Right. Um, and and here, actually, I'm, I'm comfortable speaking in some specifics because I know the specifics of the program. If I'm not mistaken, they'll commit up to $45,000 
at least that's what it was in New York. Yes. They'll commit up to $45,000 over two years uh, that's to right. any dealer that hires a rep. And, and so is that what they're offering in California? Yeah, in our case, it was 30 the first year and 15 the second. Right. That was, I think that that's what we had in New York. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit. I, I find that a creative way to solve the problem of a sales rep at a paint dealer is generally not going to be profitable for a year. And so right. if you want dealers to invest in sales reps, which will make the company more profitable over a long period of time, I give Benjamin Moore a lot of credit for, for stepping up and, and doing that. I do. And, and it's a professionally run program. They have some sales modules. They require your rep to go out to, to do uh, online, some training programs. So they oh, want to not, not only give you a per, the ability to have a person, but make sure that they're equipped in the best way possible to go out in the field. So there's, there are more, more than just the money. There's some training for your outside rep as well involved. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I'm in it just for the money, but I understand right? <laughs> California people like to train, go about the well, business, right? Enjoy sometimes yourself. it's hard to find people and you, maybe you find somebody outside the business or maybe you find a young yeah. person who's not coming fresh into the business. So in that case, any kind of information is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and listen, the the money doesn't just make it possible for you to do the program. It also makes it possible for you to justify putting somebody in front of a screen or other people and saying, listen, take a month of your time, take a week of your time, let's do some additional training because right. some of the expense of, of that individual is, is already offset. So it's sort of built in. Right, right. And, and in my so, case, I don't want to tell Benjamin more of this, but I was going to hire an outside sales rep anyway. Right. So the funding helps me staff the store better and do other things that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. Right. Well, I think that Benjamin Moore uh, would be happy to hear that anyway, honestly, Russ, because I think that they look at that program as the opportunity to help their dealers grow. And they certainly don't think that uh, anybody that you hire is going to be 100% of their time out on the road selling Benjamin right. Moore paint with no exception. Right. right. I mean, at some point, at some point, they have to walk into the store. They have to be a part of the Mix team. some paint or something. Right, like exactly. That, yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, in my experience, in the old days, salesmen wore ties. And, yes. And the, and the good ones had paint all over their ties. You know, they, yes. they were busy guys. Yes. And, and so talking about that new store now, so you're, you're up for a month uh, already. How is that store staffed? How many people are you putting there on a, on a regular basis? And what's your sure. plan going forward? Yeah, yeah, we're, I mean, we're a small, a small group, a small organization, we're six people. We have four full-time employees and two part-time employees. That includes me as a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's so hard to find people right now. We have not, ex we have not expanded our staff. Yeah, so we wow. were getting by with four people, four full-time people at our one store. And we were a little fat on staff and some of it's family and stuff. So, and then we'd sparingly use the, our two part-time employees. And uh, so now we want to hire the right person. We want to get a, the right person for a, as a full-time employee. And we actually could even add two right now. Um, with that said, our staff is just going the extra mile. The four that yeah. we do have, we're working 10, 12 hour days and we got two people at one store and two people at the other store and we're filling them in with the temp, with the part-time people and, and we're looking and it's, and if we had the right person, we'd hire them today. Yeah. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that, you know, I don't know if you heard me uh, say this before I was on, I was on a call last week with a, 
uh, dealer who used the term, which he gave me permission to steal. He, he as his joke, uh, he he said that uh, applicants are harder to find than a can of Promark 200. <laughs> and 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 that's that's what I'm hearing from dealers is probably more than anything else is is those two things that they can't uh, find anybody to hire and Sean Williams doesn't have any pain. That's the those are both true. Yeah. So tell me, uh, speaking of Sean Williams, are are you in a market where that has created some advantage for you? We are. We are. Yeah. More than ever, we have painters walking in the door and telling us that there's no paint at Sherwin-Williams and asking us if we have paint. Yeah, and and so have you been able to uh, uh, fulfill their needs? I know that there are shortages as it relates to independence as well. Uh, in general, have you been able to fill their needs? For the most part, we have, yeah. I don't know if that's good news or bad news that we have paint and they don't. Um, right. But, but um, for the most part, we have. There's some odd bases, 2X and 3X bases, we might have outages, but Benjamin Moore has been pretty good about giving us due dates and having the product available at or before the due dates. And, and they're not farther than a couple of weeks out and customers can kind of live with that on the oddball stuff. Um, you know, we're getting creative. Sometimes you mix a, 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 a 1X color and 2X bases and stuff like that when you, with a color computer, you just, there's things that yeah. you gotta do, the times are tough. I spoke to a dealer yesterday who told me that he, he he had no choice. He just bought 80 quarts of a of a product and and dumped it off, which you know I'm I'm not encouraging people to do. There's labeling issues involved there and and it's very expensive. So I'm not encouraging it, but I am saying I, I heard the story and listen, to make a sale, you have to do whatever it takes right now uh, to make a sale. It's a very complicated environment. It is. It is. One of the benefits that we have is uh, being close to one of the distribution centers of Benjamin Moore. So in Southern California, their Pomona, California distribution center is 20, anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes away from our store. And we really can manage our inventory. And as long as they have it, then we can get it. So right. we have been, so we have been able to satisfy those guys coming from Benj from Sherwin Williams. The other local competitor that's big here is Dunn Edwards. They're a regional Regional oh yeah, 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 I know the name. And yep. So, so they are also the big, the big competitor in the area for an in, independent Benjamin Moore dealer. Um, PPGs here not quite as strong. And how um, about so, Kelly Moore? They're out there as well, right? But they're in Northern California, not in Southern California. Okay, gotcha. We really don't have. Uh, there's some independent dealers that carry Kelly Moore paints here, but there are no factory-owned Kelly Moore stores here. Right. And so, you know, for dealers that that I talk to, uh, Russ, that are getting business from Sharon Williams, I'm telling them all the same thing. And here you're I'll probably cut this part out because you're here to share your advice with dealers, not to listen to me, but have a plan for how you're going to keep those customers happy going forward. Because here's the thing. They walked into your store because you had paint and Sherwin Williams didn't. But Sherwin Williams is going to have paint again, right? They're the largest paint manufacturer on the planet. And that will be the case in 2021, 22, 23, 24. They're gonna remain the largest paint manufacturer on the planet. And so they're not gonna be out of Promar for too much longer. Right. And, and when it comes back into stock, I think the dealers need a plan. They need to really focus on their relationships and yes. have a plan in place, even as it relates to pricing. Start working with your uh, local reps 
uh, and your local regional people to make sure that they know, listen, I've been selling this guy Ultraspec for a 6% margin just to make the sale. You know, now I need a price where I can make some money because it looks like it's going to be ongoing. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and so, the, so good luck. All, I hope and, that that and, works and out the, for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And all the Sherwin-Williams customers aren't necessarily our customer, I've found. Um, some of them walk in and just the price that they're paying at Sherwin-Williams doesn't make sense for us. Yeah. But the ones that do, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're offering them we're offering them products that are comparable to sure the products they're using from Sherwin. And we're getting as, as price competitive as we possibly can on ultra spec and the commercial products, but we're also introducing them to some of the products they might not have otherwise known about. And right. has got a great new product command that you can use everywhere. And they've got, you know, some other products outside of just the cheapest commercial right. stuff. And, and, and that's, and so, so it sounds like that's part of your plan to keep them. Exactly right. Exactly. And there's a lot of cases where um, the guys have said they like it, they like, they like the products or they like the service and they're disappointed with what's happened to them at Sherwin. And so, yeah, it, we have to be keeping, you're exactly right. Sherwin's going to have pain again. So our outside yeah. sales rep has to be right in there calling on them again and we can't lose sight of them. And I think, you know, I spoke to a dealer uh, the other day uh, here, not in New York Metro, but here in uh sort of greater New York, uh, he, who had a bunch of Sherwin-Williams uh, customers coming in and he's had some success, believe it or not, uh, turning them on to Regal, despite mm. the fact that the price is, you know, obviously significantly higher, but the quality was significantly higher. And so I'm encouraging uh, dealers to have any conversation with these uh, new customers that they can have. So long as you're talking, so long as you're trying things, then you're going to find yourself with an opportunity to hang on to that business. It's not, to your point, just about making ultra spec ten dollars a gallon. It's finding what it is that's going to keep them satisfied uh, well, coming a, to your store. It, it's a blessing for us in a, in disguise because part of our plan is to have things that other stores don't have. And some of those other markets that I told you about having a complete line of wood finishes that meets the needs of most people and the decorative wall finishes that you can't find at other stores. These painters that are coming in from Sherwin-Williams or Dunn Edwards may never have seen us before. So this is really creating an opportunity for us to, because a lot of the same painters that buy the Sherwin-Williams wall paints also do kitchens. And yeah. when they come in and say, wow, your store is so much better than I than Sherwin in, in relative right. to those kinds of products. Right. I'm coming right. here when you have a on. genuine selection of of finishes right. that you can use on wood cabinets. We have three or four or five to choose from versus right. just going into Sherwin Williams and they have a gallon of emerald. You exactly. really have an advantage. Right. Or they maybe they carry a line of nitrocellulose lacquer that the guy has used because it dries fast and they can finish a kitchen in one day. Well, we've got water-based products that dry fast and finish and can finish a kitchen in one day and we'll make custom colors for them and do all kinds of things they might not get from every store in town. They'd never know that if this wouldn't have happened, this whole situation wouldn't have happened. Right. And it sounds to me like you've got a good plan. I agree. I, I'm telling dealers all the time to this is the it was an accident that it happened, but that doesn't mean that it's not an opportunity, right? Right. And and so these customers have walked into your store. They are listening uh, right. to what you have to say. They do need paint. And and I think your advice. Uh, is dynamite. You know, they don't need to uh, all become customers of Benjamin Moore uh, or Benjamin Moore stores, but take the ones that fit. 
make right. sure to take the identify the ones that apply to your business model and and make sure to hang on to those. Right. I think that's great advice. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. There's other advantages exactly. to this whole thing. I mean, our first building was the least the lease was negotiated two years ago before COVID, and so now we've opened our second store in a better market, in a bigger building for two thirds of the rent. Right. Right. And, and, and your third store, which sounds like is coming, you may, you may have that exact same experience because so. right. What's happening all over the United States is, is the need for real estate has changed dramatically. People need warehouse space where they can get trucks in and out fast, much more so than they need uh, retail space. You know, nobody's, nobody's shopping anymore. Nobody's, all of that is, is changed. Right, right. And so I suspect as you look to open up another store, you, you should have that same, that same good I hope fortune. So. Yeah, we hope so. And we're thinking, our, you know, we're just thankful for the blessings that we had. Rather than crying about, uh, about COVID and the market and all the problems and not being able to find people, you just got to kind of look for the opportunities. Yep. So tell me, before I let you go, what's, what's your plans going forward? So you got two stores up. It sounds like you're having some success financially, which I'm happy for and, and hope it continues. Well, well, and so yeah. what's next? We have a three-store plan. We believe that the maximum efficiency is at three before we have to start investing in the business again. Yeah. Uh, with, with the infrastructure that we have now, with the delivery vehicles, the outside sales rep, the inventory, the staff, all the things you need for one store or two stores, we can stretch it to three stores without a big major additional investment. So that's the magic number, I feel, is three. And once we get to three, we will stand back, take a look, fine tune, fix what's broken, get it going like a fine uh, running motor, and, uh, and then we'll start thinking about the future in four or five stores or whatever the future brings. But um, so our plan is to, we've got two stores open now. And when and so would you want the third one open by? 2023, middle of the year. Okay. So we will be working hard to get these two stores up and running and efficient and profitable and then maybe at the end of 2022, we will start uh, focusing on getting the third store open. Terrific. Well, in that case, I know you and I are in touch regularly. You're a big baseball fan. I know you uh, like to watch football. So you're one of my go-to guys on the weekends. We text a lot. Uh, yes. Uh, but, but let's stay in touch on this. When you get that third store open, I'd love to have you on again, Russ. I would love talk to. about talk about the experience you're having. So I really I would appreciate love the time. Yes, thanks, Mark. It's been great to be here and I really appreciate you inviting me.